lived in Britain. Yeah. My uncle Dan for two years. Yeah, we lived in like a we lived in like a split of a suplex right on the canal. A suplex? Is that what you just called uh, it? A suplex. <laughs> a split level suplex. Yeah, it was wild. We had a boat and we had a kayak. Well, our uh, our, our, our neighbor in the, in the duplex, the guy who rented the other space, was a uh, professional firefighter who always had a bag. Amazing. <laughs> he would he would come in the morning like, hey man, you want a boat? He was like, Uncle Sal, dude, relax. No, so welcome back to another week of talking tacos. We're we're a little behind this week because this week, we've talked about feeling like kings here before, but this week, we hadn't even entered the building yet. And our table was not only set, it had nachos and four La Palmas ready to go. I say four because, oh, three. But they didn't realize Chris was here. But Chris Campbell is joining us. Uh, like, dude, I, I've never felt so loved in my entire life. For those of you who follow us on Instagram, you see the photograph that Matt takes of being outside the restaurant and our table already having cocktails and nachos ready for us. If you want to see what it's like to live your life, king. <laughs> Taco king. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I already like coming here before they did all this kind of shit for us. Yeah, this is just next level. We saw it coming through the window. Bro. <laughs> We hadn't even entered the building. I feel very excited. Like Them, like the people at this table, didn't take me seriously next week that said I'm locked in for the rest of all time. So they will. They will. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think we're a core cut now. I think we're a core cut now. Chris Campbell. Great mention. Oh, man. That's it. Okay. Well, you're part of the Podcast Network family now. That's true. Because you're in the, um, what is it, uh, political joking? Political partying. Networking, son of a bitch, you, Chris. You just That's it. Boom, boom, boom. Yo, it was his idea. He was the one that was like, we should start a political podcast. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah. He goes, he goes, I was, I was like, I was like, listen, the best podcasts have three people. And I, I was like, I know who our third can be. He goes, who? And I was like, Corey DeMarco. And he goes, God damn it. Now, I, now Bill, you haven't met Corey, but Dave, obviously you know Corey from the league. Corey is, I, I don't even know how to describe him. He's a fucking goofball. Like, but your reaction is perfect. So he's perfect. He's perfect. Corey and I worked together at Starbucks for a very um, brief and wonderful Corey is argumentative to a fault. So at the beginning, he's argumentative and colorblind. So you can start an argument about colors and go from there. From <laughs> there. <laughs> Really, really kind of great. I forgot. So you can start about red and green and then go for about seven years, which is what me and him have done. We argue about everything based on the color. We've done a Jets game where the opponent like wears red and he has no idea who has the ball. And then, you know, you spend the whole game lying to him. But he is actually quite astute. Like, when he wants to play, he's, he's, our, he's our DM. So we play Dungeons and Dragons, like, he runs a game. Your other senses are usually heightened, man. That's it. There, he does a great job with that. Bill, look at this. This is our logo for the the podcast. Oh yeah, is that the new one? Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah so the, the 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 real logo will have Chris is going to be holding a beer, but say yeah, same thing. It's like, can you make the most alcoholic person hold a beer and they put it in my hand? Speaking of, 
Did you bring a beer to my apartment? I did. Like a cowboy? And I'll tell you why. <laughs> so, I'll tell you why. You have, you know, allowed me to go in oh, your... thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jared. So, you, you've allowed me to come into your home, and I was bitching and moaning that too bad about this. When I go to somebody's house, I always bring something, I just always do. And before coming to your house, like, I look at my freezer and my fridge, I always have beer, I have nothing, I have zero, I got nothing to bring. So, I said, listen, at the very least, I'm not going to go to his house and take something, so I bought a beer, the one beer I had with me. So I wouldn't be taking from you. I appreciate it. No, but that's not the point. The point is that I'm already in debt because the first time I came over, not the first time, but the second time, you just said, oh, I'm going to go to town, which is the exact same thing I do. But that's not how I work. Ask Matt. Like, I, you know, I've known him for years. I bring shit over his house. Was your blue moon inspired? It was, it was a Belgian wife. Yeah. You know, it was inspired? Like, no, wait, listen. No. <laughs> We're going to get into that, too. But I mean, no. It was, it was, it was up to date because it's from my fucking house and not yours. <laughs> The last two times I went over to Matt's house to help him with chores, he rewarded me with the banquet beer. Of course, the banquet beer twice expired. Twice wow. passed the <laughs> so, Listen, man, you know how it is at the estate. Whatever. Beer just, beer just shows up at the estate. No, but I know you buy that. <laughs> so, and apparently not drinking. Like, well, and apparently and leave it around. And if beer's expired, especially more than once, like, that's like having an expired condom in your pocket. So, you know, how long you had that shit in your pocket? You need some <laughs> work. When the workers come by to do some work. Yeah, yeah, when you come by. Yeah, so <laughs> I come by and build shit. But, but I brought a beer because I didn't have any to give you. And on the way over here, I'm like, shit, I should have brought a bottle of wine. I, my family makes it. Oh, nice. No. So I should have brought it. I don't know why. It's pretty fucking good. Listen, so bring me a bottle and bring as many beers as you want. That's it. See, so, and then, and then I feel that it's called the free market. Then I feel, then I feel that we be cheap like a new level. But until I bring something to your house, I can't take anything from your house. Like it, it's just, it's, it's like Italiano law. I can't, I can't remove without. I understand that I appreciate, but if you don't bring one next time, you're more than welcome. No, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring bottles. <laughs> I'm gonna bring bottles. I, I always have beer. I always have booze. I always have everything. Today I did not. It's like a fucking apocalypse. I don't know why. It's part of the, the ritual now that Dave is there. He's there, I walk my dog as soon as I get home from work. And then you all get ready to come here. They drink one of Bill's kids. Dave comes in. No, no, no. PBR. Yeah, PBR. He's don't like his college, man. <laughs> oh, the stones. The oh, stones, man. The stones. They're like $12.99. Oh, bro. We call, man. That was good. Dave, you were the only one that was drinking the stones that we had left over from Gray Fox that one year. I turn a 10 because I must. You don't give up on key stones. Somebody has to do it. They were all made in 1989, so it doesn't matter when you drink. They were all brewed in 1989. Doesn't matter. Oh fuck. I'm requesting a segment. Oh yes, I'm so excited about this. On this episode, he's been teasing this since the distillery episode. To talk about a movie that I watched last night. I watched this last night. Okay. And it's incredible. Incredible. So much that I want to talk to people about. It's a movie from 2007. It's called Next. Next? Next. The other one, Nicolas Cage? The movie starts Nicolas Cage. Oh, God. I don't know that. Julianne Moore yep. is the female cop. She's like the head cop. 
And then Jessica Biel plays like the damsel, like the love interest, right? So the premise of the movie is that Nick Cage can see into his own future two minutes ahead of time. Oh, shit. So he, he always knows what's going to happen to him two minutes ahead of time. And he uses this to a little effect, apparently, in his life, because he's a... Uh, a stage magician in Las Vegas. He has like a small show somewhere off the strip. And um, they show. You guys ready to work? Uh, I'm ready, but I have a question. Because it's been like months since we've actually looked at the menu. Have any of like the standard tacos changed on the menu? Okay, I was just curious because I was like, well, sometimes you guys change. And like, we, like, we have the menu committed to memory, and like, none of us have looked at it. In, but that, I'd rather ask. All right, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, you guys go. Do you want to split one yeah. of the two for them? So, Nick Cage a, can see two minutes into his own future. Right. right? But he's using this little effect. He's like a, a two-bit like magician on the, off the Las Vegas Strip, and like occasionally he'll go gamble and like win a bunch, right? It's like an even dumber version of that movie Paycheck with Ben with Ben right. Affleck, right. right? So there was one thing that he that Nick Cage did see far into the future, and he was sitting at a lunch counter. And the girl of his dreams walks in through the door of the diner. And that was like the vision he keeps having over and over. Yeah. And so, um, Julianne Moore, the cop, she is investigating a terrorist organization that has a nuclear weapon in the United States and they want to blow it up, right? She's a, a cop. She's like an FBI. <laughs> oh, FBI, okay. Super okay. agent. Okay. okay. Flashback and interruption. What again is the name of this movie? Next. Next. Okay, next. The name of the movie is Next. Okay. So she's trying to find this, uh, this nuclear weapon that's going to blow up, right? And so Nick Cage is in a casino and he's gambling and he's winning, and the uh, like the security guards are watching him on tape. And they see these winning, and they like sniff out, and he's like up to something, right? But they they can't detect any radio signals. He's not he's not like increasing his his bets. He's just he's just playing, but winning when he plays. And they get suspicious of him. Thank you, thank you. And he can see into his own future, and he sees that they're gonna come for him. And so he gets up on the table, and he like runs through the casino and he like does all these cool things where like he knows they're gonna walk by and he like hides behind somebody or like goes to like the snack machine with a hat on and they never <laughs> recognize him right and he gets out and he runs away and um Julianne Moore for whatever reason finds out about how this gambler guy was winning and got away from everybody and was like, oh, that guy must be a telepath. I need him to help me find the nuclear bomb that the terrorists have. Wait, 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 wait. 
So that's like that's the immediate conclusion. She like telepaths are a normal thing. She is aware apparently of other people who have. Get the fuck out of here! Stop it! Oh, it's the most ridiculous movie ever. She like no sells it. Like oh yeah, and (laughs) she watches the videotape, and the guy, and he at one point. He takes two minutes and 18 seconds to decide whether or not to make a bet. And at that point, he walks away and she goes, oh, he must not be able to see two minutes and 18 seconds. That's like the limit. We know we at least have an upper bound. She has like this upper bound, right? And so she's hunting and trying to find it. And like I said, he had this vision about this girl who was at this walked into this lunch counter and he goes there every day and at 807 AF, right? So his real name is Chris Johnson. Right? And Cage is playing Chris Johnson. But his stage name as a uh, a, a magician is Frank Cadillac. Right. His name is Frank Haddock, and he explains to Jessica Biel, the love interest girl, at, uh, later in the movie. He goes, he goes, it's I name myself after my two favorite things, Frankenstein and Cadillac. Bro, I just pulled this movie up on Rotten Tomatoes. Twenty-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fifty-three percent audience score. Frank Cadillac, because Frankenstein apparently is one of And so. Um, uh, he goes so he goes and he meets the girl eventually like when we finally see him that's the exact moment that the girl walks in and he goes his whole thing and he like meets up with the girl and um, they talk about like we have to, she's like I'm, he's like I have to go to Flagstaff and the waitress overhears him that they're going to Flagstaff right okay and so they go to Flagstaff and Julianne Moore knows that uh, oh, oh she goes and talks to his uh, to Nick Cage's dad who is like totally chill about knowing that his son can see two minutes in the future right and they just play pool and he's like this grizzle like, hey, whatever I'm like I'm, you know you gotta do what you gotta do yeah right and um, he's like he's like where, where I need your son's help to help find the bomb where can he be and he goes oh he's always looking for Thank you. he's always looking for He's always looking for the girl at the at the diner. And so because his dad knew that he was always going to look for the girl at the diner, they went and to the diner and interviewed the guy, the manager at the diner, and he's like, oh. Bro, my head is spinning. What the fuck is happening? He's like, one of my regulars? Oh, they're all weirdos. Which one of my regulars could have had something? Right? And I was like, oh, I can totally dig that. Like, I said, I you know, regular and that also is a regular. And, and the waitress goes, oh, yeah, I remember them. They're going to Flagstaff. So, like, because he had a dream about going to the diner and told his dad about the dream of the diner, and they met the girl at the diner, and they're going to Flagstaff. <laughs> and the, and the cop and the girl met the dad and knew them, so they finally met them in Flagstaff, right? So that's, like, the first, like, 20 minutes. Wait, I just want to point out, guys, for, from a podcast perspective, Dave has, like, a litany of notes on yeah. his phone like oh. about this movie He's preaching. Yeah. how high were you when you turned this movie on cause like 
I knew this movie was so good I had to talk about it. Because I've been in this situation where like you're like turbo high and a movie comes on and you just take out a notebook and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, that shit lives rent free in your head. Yeah, it doesn't like really last. So um so they go to Flagstaff and on their way to Flagstaff they have something to stop because she's a uh, a teacher of impoverished kids in a, an Indian reservation, right? And he goes, and Nick Cage goes and does magic tricks for these kids, and that's what makes her fall in love with him. And uh, so they, then they go to Flagstaff, right there. there. Um, <laughs> right there, there. Yes, you have to go to Flagstaff. Yeah, right there, there. So Nick Cage, Nick Cage, in part of wooing uh, uh, Jessica Biel. Uh, in, in part of in, in part of movie Jessica Biel, there's this uh, there's a complete aside of this entire movie, but uh, there's this moment where this BBC reporter is interviewing the Dalai Lama. Oh and, my god! And this guy, you can tell, has always wanted to make this joke to the Dalai Lama. Like this is at the end of the interview, talking about the good work he's done and such. And this guy goes, "I want to tell you a joke." Dalai. The, the, the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama. And he goes and he says, I'm going to tell you a joke. And he goes, okay. And he goes, so a guy, so the, he goes, so the Dalai Lama walks into a pizza place. And the guy asks him, what do you want? And he goes, make me one with everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, it's like, is this, and the Dalai Lama doesn't get the joke at all. Like, no sales is joking. This guy's like completely cringe, <laughs> awkward moment in front of the Dalai Lama trying to tell him a joke. He's like, I don't get it. Because the Dalai Lama has never walked into a pizza place before and had to order a pizza. He doesn't get it because he's never had to do this thing that everyone does, but because he's the Dalai Lama's never done it. Are we still talking about the same yeah, fucking so movie? So, so Nick Cage goes and makes this joke and he goes, you know, uh, I, the, the Dalai Lama goes to a Starbucks and he goes, Make me, and Nick goes, I'll have one with everything. And he like totally ruins the joke. So Nick Cage and the Dalai Lama walk so, into the Starbucks. Yeah, there's and, don't get the end of the So there's this famous moment with the Dalai Lama, and Nick Cage saw it, and he goes, Oh, that'd be cool to put in a movie. And he did, but he completely ruins it. He completely botches the joke. Oh, that's what ruins the movie. Well, no, that doesn't ruin the movie. But just it's that just, one it's joke. No, it's something that happens in the movie, and it makes it even like cringy, right? So, um,. So yeah, so she needs to find the bomb. Oh yeah, so uh, the reason that they found... Uh, okay, so the, the, the big part of the movie is that Frank Cadillac, a.k.a. Uh, Chris Johnson, a.k.a. Nick Cage. Frank Cadillac is such a great fucking name. Oh, holy shit. Carne El Jefe is me. And El Jefe Tuna. Yeah, and then we're going to get some specials with that. Yep. So, so Nick Cage's ability is he can only see two minutes into the future, but his own future, right? So he's like running. So he's got to be involved yeah. in whatever's happening. And so he knows that the cops are going to try to come and find him and make him into like a lab experiment, like right. a lab rat, because it's happened to him before. Yeah. So he, so he's like running away from them. But the moment that interconnects everybody is that the, uh, the terrorists are tracking Julian Moore, the cop. The cop who's coming after them. She, they're, they're tracking her. They're like counter... Wait, real quick, yes. guys. Just high alert. The El Jefe is juicy tonight. Hurry up and eat it. I gotta get through this part, though. So, 
the terrorists start coming after Frank Cadillac because they're tracking Julianne Morris, a super cop, and they know that she wants Frank Cadillac, but they don't know why, and they're trying to find out why, and she's working with the local Vegas cops. So these two terrorists go pretend to be gaming uh, authority and uh, go after the local cop. Oh, yeah, we're going to share this. Thank you. Thank you. And they're like, oh, what do you know about Frank Cadillac? And he's like, and he realizes that these guys are phony. He goes, oh, well, I'm not telling you anything. And they shoot him in the kneecaps and they give up. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I love you, Mara. Thank you. Thank you, guys. So they shoot the local cop. That's how they know about Frank Cadillac. And then that's how they start going after and trying to assassinate Frank Cadillac, which now, because they're trying to go after him, now he can use his two-minute abilities because they are a part of his life. So it's only because... How long is this movie? Uh, like, it's not really it's that like long. 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, it's like an hour 40. Seven, eight hours? Yeah, so... No, we just saw it. We saw the movie. You're good. Yeah, so that's... Alright, so there's this amazing part of the movie. Now, I it, honestly, like, I've kind of told it like it's all out of whack, but when I was watching it, it was like, it felt like kind of like, oh, that's actually kind of cool how they've all connected all of this, how, like, his ability only works if this, and they, like, made it so. But I'm that, sure it was right? executed very poorly. Well, I'll get to that. I'll get to So, um, he's with. He's with Jessica Biel. Uh, Nick Cage with Jessica Biel. And the, the the feds have come to her as like a weak point to Frank. Because they want to get to Frank. And they're like, oh, here, give him this drug. And you'll drug him. And that way <laughs> we can go and capture him and use him. Oh, my him, God. Right? Uh, because if they try to go after him, we'll know and escape. And it's, that's, it, they show what happened in like right. two or three times. Because it's infinite. So she goes to give him this drug. And he's about to drink it, and he doesn't. And like, and he's like, she's like, I don't know. They say you're crazy, but I still love you. And he goes, Let me prove it to you. And he turns on the TV, right? And he says like, he says like this weird thing, and he changes the channel, and that's what the TV says. And then he starts going over and over, and he starts quoting the next channel, and he changes it, and that's exactly what it says. So it right. proves her. It was like this really cool way to like prove to somebody that you could see in the future. That was a really cool part of it. That is pretty actually cool. Yeah. So, um, he loves her. The terrorists are after him. They don't know why they want her, but they want him. So they go after her and they capture her, right? And in, he goes, uh, when they finally capture him, which they do. You gotta dip it. They, I don't know. Yeah, it's a dip You gotta dip it. It's a dip Yeah, well, you can do that too. But they, um, they eventually capture him and they lock him up in like a clockwork orange 1984 kind of situation where what? his eyeballs were pried open oh and they're God. making him watch the TV because they say the bomb will go off and the TV will tell us where the bomb went off and at least we'll get a two minute head start right and so for some reason because again he's connected to this girl and he can actually use his power further than two minutes in the future he sees two hours into the future and he sees the terrorists have captured his girlfriend and placed her in an explosive vest <laughs> in a wheelchair on top of a parking garage 
and they blow her up. <laughs> and he sees them blow her up. She explodes into like red mist. Wait, Jessica Biel? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's That's ridiculous. So and and he goes, let me out of here, let me out of here. He tells the cop, I can't tell you what happens because if I do, it won't it won't change what happens. Right. Because they explain that earlier in the movie, he like he stops a guy who's gonna kill somebody, but like because he did that, something else didn't happen. Like they show you like the butterfly effect. So like he's like I can't. So he lets him go, and he just escapes out of the out of the uh, police station, and he he runs. He literally runs <laughs> on foot from here to that parking garage, and he won't go out in the open because he knows the terrorists are watching for him and are going to shoot him if he walks out. And he stops right before he goes out. And then, because they were chasing him the whole time, Julianne Moore catches up to him. And, he, and she, for some reason, knows the terrorists have snipers out there. And that they're going to shoot him if he walks out. And he's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to go just walk out. And he does. And he goes, walks out, and he gets shot, right? And because he can rewind now, apparently... He goes and he walks out because he knows if he walks out two minutes in the future, he'll die. But he can rewind time now. Yeah, but now he knows where the sniper is because he got shot. And he's like, oh, he's up in that tower. And then they send the helicopter up and they, like, annihilate this guy with his team goes. So now the sniper's gone. I had no idea this movie was this ridiculous. This movie is ridiculous. Like, I knew it was stupid. I know it was this okay, stupid. So now, now they know where he is in the parking garage, but it's like 18 levels, right? And so he's with Julian Moore and a bunch of like super FBI cops. And he's like, you guys check this one level. I'll check the rest. And you're like, what? And they go check the one level, and one of the super cops dies. It's like a big moment. But he goes off and he literally checks the rest because he uses his two-minute time ability where he's like, I'm going to go check this one level in two minutes. Oh, they're not there? Nope. I'm going to go check this next level. Nope. Two minutes? Nope. And he literally splits up. They show him splitting up into like threes and six. There's like ten Nicholas Cages running around this parking garage. And then he's like, oh, we're on level ten because they shot and killed him. So anyway, there he knows they're on level ten. And he wouldn't want to see that. They all go when they find him. They get the guy. They kill the bad guy. Right? We're wrapping this up. Charles are coming soon. Yes. So all I know is that I've seen Dave... I've seen Dave very high before. I don't think I've ever seen Dave so high that he put this level of like detail and attention into analyzing what is very obviously a shitty movie. Late night so, Dr. Dave. Yeah. So here's yeah, Midnight. Yeah, this is no, Dr. Got, Dave after he's Midnight. Got notes. He's got notes. So here's where the movie gets crazy. Doc, right? Oh, here's where it gets here's crazy. So they he uses his like split up ability to find the bad guy. They kill the bad guy, right? And so they go up on the top of the parking garage, and it's like the sunset, and you think, oh, man, they did it. They killed the bad guy. Everything's good. And then Nick Cage, like, you seem to like his, like, a little ability thing. They did this cool thing to the whole movie where they make this sound effect when he uses his ability, but they don't show it. There's a couple times where, like, like there's a car, like, exploding down a mountain, and he, like, ducks out of the way. And obviously, like, he lived that way a couple different times, and he died a bunch of different ways, but he found it. If I did this, I don't die. So instead of showing you all those things, they just go, boop, 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 boop. And he does the thing, and he, like, dodges the explosion, right? So they show him, do this little thing, and he goes, oh, no, I messed up. I made a mistake. And they go, what? Where's the bomb? He goes, it's going up right now. And it literally blows up, and everybody dies. Right? Oh, my God. And this is, like, near the end of the movie. Everybody dies, and he wakes up, and he's in bed again in, um, uh, wait, where did they go? Where did I say they went? Jeff's notes. Uh, Flagstaff. 
He wakes up again, they're back in Flagstaff, he's in bed with Jessica Biel, and he realizes that he just saw, like, like three days in the future. He saw everything that happened. He knows all these mistakes, right? And so instead, oh, so they, they fucking hop out? So instead of, and he realizes, instead of running from Julianne Moore, I need to team up with her. And he gives himself up, and they meet up, and they go to go, like, stop the bomb, right? They, but that, that's it. That's they, they they say like they team up. They do like they do the the epic. Oh, so it's a pop out. They do the epic thing, and then credits. They don't show anything. That's it. That's the end of the movie. They're like, yeah, we're wow. gonna, like we're gonna go stop the bad guys, but they don't show you stop the bad guys. They don't show you fault him like. Why are we talking about this? Anyway? Is him and Jessica Biel gonna fall? <laughs> are they gonna go like? That's it. It's like it's not even walking in the sunset. It's like it's like it's still like dusk the night before. They didn't even do like the rest Dude, of the let movie. Me, let me tell you, one of my favorite parts of editing the podcast is deciding what I'm going to title it. And I always listen through the whole thing and see what like the prominent topics of conversations are. I jackpot for this week. I have no idea. <laughs> Dr. Dave talks about a Nicolas Cage movie. It's like three of us sit quietly <laughs> and listen. Dude, we're, that was... we're all done. We're all done eating. I'm finishing my rice and beans. Dave's starting his first Dude, so... <laughs> He hasn't taken a breath for 12 minutes. I'm just so... Like, Dave was so touched by this movie. I'm so fucking fascinated by this. I'm so happy that you put this much effort into your note-taking for this movie. That was the best movie review I've ever heard. It, like, it was detailed. So I was, um, I think I saw like a headline. My brain about, hurts, like, but <laughs> I saw a headline that about like this is the most underrated sci-fi movie on Netflix right now, right? What? That was the headline that I saw. And I clicked it, and it was like, oh, this Nick Cage movie. Yeah, about, false news. And I was like, oh man, Nick Cage. Mm, that sounds real good right now. Oh my god. <laughs> I watched this movie and like, like the first like 15 minutes when they set up the premise of the movie about how he can he can literally stay in the future. And he really doesn't use it for anything at all. Right. Like, because he's a good person. Like a, no, but, but not even, not even, like, what we see him use his powers for in this movie seems to be like he's never used his powers more before ever. Right. Yeah. Because he's like a middling stage show performer. Like, it, it's something like, if you worked hard enough, like, a lot of people could do, right? And. Like, if you could see in the future, you feel like it would do more than, than like, a, like approach mediocrity. <laughs> How the hell would we follow that all up? Oh, I know. Did you guys see the Usher Bucks story? No. Well, oh, my God. So, all right. Usher. Like Usher, Usher. Sure. Usher. Usher. He, um... Sorry, he went show? to... Yeah, basically... He went to like a strip club somewhere, club, whatever. Um, and he was like, you know, like fucking rich people do, just raining money down. With like literal money. Yeah. Wait, can I guess? Yeah. Because these are in counterfeit money that he was saying was Usher dollars that was backed by a crypto It's even oh, It's even God. stupider than that. It's physical dollars with his face on them. But it wasn't even like he just made like one bill. He made like a whole currency. Oh god. There were ones and fives and tens and so on down the line. And he was like just throwing the money out like people would, you know, that kind of money. But 
it wasn't real fucking money. Like, it was real big fucking money. Like, I don't... I can't wrap my head around why anybody why would do that. that. You made that dude throw it the strip over and piss off the stripper. Right, like... Like, at the very least, like, I, I don't know if he actually did this, Wait, like... so, like... Generally, you give so many abuse of currency because you know that, like... Well, it has value. And in fact, it has value. someone will take it back. So, if he's giving them Usher dollars, who's going to accept Usher dollars? I mean, Usher would, I would assume. Yeah. I would think Usher would value Usher dollars. And you know, for all they know... like, Usher's entourage, right? Yeah. So maybe you give the girl Usher dollars... And then, got like an and then like the entourage guy will be like, oh, that girl's got Usher dollars all catalogs. And for all I know, maybe he's like, yeah, maybe he's a decent guy. And like after his whole thing, he actually went to the girls afterwards with like, here's actual money for you. But who knows? I just thought it was fascinating. I was like, why go through? Like, I get it that multimillionaires can be eccentric and just do weird fucking things that guys like us would never understand but That's normally when I hear a, mil- a story of a multi-millionaire doing weird dumb shit like that I'm like I'm like yeah I would probably do the same thing if I had that kind of money I can't ever say that yeah I would make a currency of my face on it just to throw it at a strip club you know then you become the monopoly guy <laughs> but anybody with enough money calls ahead and reserves a oh, VIP spot any bar any club yeah. you say listen Usher's coming he wants three of your best tables you take a deposit so they already had his money. Yeah. So what he's throwing around after that doesn't really matter. And if he's over a, a certain number anyway, everybody gets a percentage. That's true. What he throws around is inconsequential. Like a bonus bonus. <laughs> I don't care what he Yeah, but if it's fake money, ah, whatever. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, it might not be fake, right? Because, like... Somebody's gonna put value on this. Like, I have some like super fans of Usher who want Usher dollars, right? And they'll like be willing to give you something for Usher dollars. Or he's like got an agreement with his boys. You're like, yo, when the girls got the Usher dollars, you gotta give her whatever she wants. Remember when Usher was actually popular? Oh, he was huge. I think he's still popular. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like... It's a fair, it never really goes away. Yeah, we let, yeah, fame never goes away. Yeah. Like, once you have fans, people are still fans of you. Um, you're always going to have super fans. Wait, speaking of fans, the other thing that I, I needed to talk to you guys about was the Cash Me Outside girl starting an OnlyFans. Oh, we're, like, a week behind on We're, like, a week behind on this news because we were too drunk to talk about it last week. Thank you, Bill. That's where you got nothing done. Yeah, she made a million dollars in like six hours or something. But it was like, wasn't it like the moment she turned 18 she like started it? Uh, yeah. No, it was like a week or week and a half. <laughs> okay, so in retrospect, the moment she turned 18. <laughs> I mean, I got my first tattoo like a week after. I yeah, exactly. That's just fucking, I mean, like I, like, I totally get it though. You know, it's one of those things, it's like you're, you're fame whoring almost. Like, oh, this fucking famous girl, like... It's also like if I like type these things on this website and upload these pictures, <laughs> I'll get a million dollars. Okay. See, I'm wondering if she even knew, if she even expected that kind of reaction. I, I, I didn't read too much into the story, so I have no idea how much. Not record breaking. She expected like, yeah, I want to make a bunch of cash right yeah. now because I made some noise when I was underage. Yeah. You don't think she has a business advisor? Anybody doing <laughs> at this point? She anybody doing anything as a business advisor? When she was actually cashed me outside, girl. Right. When she was just on Doctor Phil. She was nobody. 
when she was just a meme. Anybody has the I capability mean, of making money, they, they hire someone. Well, you gotta, you gotta think about someone like in her position. It's like any of us here, where we're just living our normal lives, worrying about the same old shit yeah. everyone else is worrying about, and all of a sudden we're getting like worldwide attention, and like all of a sudden started generating like insane amount of money that we never ever thought we'd ever see in our lives. The magic of the internet. Like you gotta understand, like. You don't know if you're going to handle yourself. You're, you don't know the situations you're going to find yourself in. You don't know the, like, problems yeah. that you're going to have to deal with in order to... It's the same reason why so many... Why there's, like, that curse of child stars. Like, it's obviously different for her, but, like... Yeah, people like Danny Bonatucci, you know, that were, like, child stars. And, like, then their career just ended once they turned, like, 15... And then it it's just well. then it's just lots of fucking booze and cocaine for the next well, thirty years. Yeah, just keep going. right. Like I mean, your first three phone calls, if you ever make any money at Sussex, is an accountant, a business manager, and a security team. Yeah. Those three things are the first three people you call. You know, I was, I was talking about this on a podcast with Ming a couple weeks ago. I don't want to get your guys' opinion on this. This is very common these days. Would you rather be in terms of like an actor? Would you rather be an actor? that has a very long, rich, and, like, you know, illustrious career, but, like, constantly in the spotlight? Or would you rather be an actor that is... Everybody you're knows known about for, You're known for one everybody role. Everybody knows about it. Yeah, you're known for one, one role. Thing, but then you're kind of like a joke. But, you, but you can coast on that money, though, from that one role for the rest of your life, like live comfortably, but without having to deal with oh, the public screech, eye. Screech, screech kind of... Well, he kind of killed somebody, yeah. sort of, yeah. But and which would you prefer? Fans, so I, I'm an all or nothing guy, so I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Scott Bale. Yeah, I want the full bang. Like, me I too. I fucking, like, had it, did it, lost it. I want to be like, you know, he did it, and he fucking yeah. owned it the whole time he was doing it. I'm the same way. And I, and I fucking hate the media, but I would take the media heat to have that kind of career. That guy who was in all those movies, and you know him, you know that guy. The character. I would be a Jeffrey Tambor. Josh Brolin. Yeah. Every movie ever made. Well, not even that. So you know who Josh Brolin is. I'm saying even less than that. Yeah. No, you're you're, you're talking like a Bill Fitchner. Like the guy that was in, he was one of the pilots in Armageddon, right? Yeah. He was the bank manager in The Dark Knight, yeah, right? Yeah. He ha- he probably has like 300 acting That's credits actually a great, name, That's like, a great thing because you're not ever like, like, in the Like everybody stuff, knows right? who you are. Yeah. They saw you were famous. And it's the most steady work in the market. It's more steady work. It's steady work. And every once in a while you get a gig that pays you like, Hundred thousand dollars, but most of your gigs are like you know normal, whatever paying gigs. But you've got enough between syndication and people buying DVD copies of The Dark Knight that you're fucking set for life. But either way, it's, it's the same kind of questions. Either you're going to get questions about what you're doing last week, or you're going to get the same questions about what you did twenty years ago. Yeah. So See, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? No, I'd rather be that, like 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 not be this like background guy and yeah. like, just. A ton of fucking. It's like movies. it's like Patrick Stewart asked questions about what he did during Star Trek. Doesn't See, matter what he did last week. They want to know about Captain yeah. Picard. Yeah. See, I would love to go all or nothing because I would love to have the kind of power to go toe to toe with the media when they try to get you on shit and try to cancel you. I would love to fucking challenge them on that shit. I would absolutely love to be a part of that. So life. Either way, it's the same kind of conclusion. So I might as well be fucking current and answer the same questions if they're going to keep asking questions about my past anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That's all. Like, like, did you did you go to the strip club one time on your bed? Like, yeah. I went to a fucking CDS strip club in Syracuse, New York at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was drunk as fuck. It's like Matthew McConaughey. I was at Syracuse. I think it was Syracuse. 
I painted the cover with Earth. Because Buffalo is like yeah. more wet. Wait, is it was a Buffalo? Yeah, because oh, we're right here. Dude, I don't know. I was blackout drunk. No? Syracuse, I think. Absolute. He was driving. He was sober. Yeah, it's like I, think it was, I think it was Buffalo. You might be right with Buffalo. I, 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 Buffalo. Dude, I was blind drunk. I don't know. Matthew Matthew Dude, we got, we got to the border in Canada at 6 o'clock in the morning, and, they, and, and, and the guy goes, and the guy goes, what are you guys here for? And, like, Dave is in the back. All you hear is this. Just <laughs> the sound of empty bottles fucking in the back of the van. My favorite story was coming back up where we got detained because Dave couldn't find his passport. And after an intense 20-minute search of the van, Dave found it in his pocket. And then like a half hour later, Dave said, guys, you want to know what's funny? I put it in my pocket before I started drinking so I wouldn't have to look for it. And then I got so drunk that I forgot it was in my pocket. I've never seen anybody so annoyed. Who's that? Oh, yeah, of course. No, Shelby likes Dave. Oh, good. What about, what about Rachel? Coleman's got her. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, oh, it's, no, it's a Charlie Chaplin. We left him in a good situation. I, I, I would never be part of a, a club yeah, that would have I would never be a part of a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, if, if you find interest in me, that's an obvious character for you. That's an obvious character for you. Take the layout. That's a problem. That's a you problem. Points on the board. Take the layout. That's a you problem. Two points and sometimes it's a foul. (laughs) Two points and one. And one. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. I brought my GoPro tonight to film. Oh, we should have done that. Bro, I was so thrown off by the, the nachos and the drinks ready before he even sat down. I forgot to start the fucking camera. And, and the free podcast guys, banter. Yeah. You guys missed watching me lose my mind about a Nicholas Gage film. Oh my god. You just have to listen to Dude, it. I, I fucking charged it. I, I won't forget next week. I'm so mad at myself. Oh, it's going to be videos? Yeah, no, I got to go. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm learning how to use, I'm, I'm teaching myself Adobe Premiere Pro. Oh, so it's going to be uh, Yeah, we'll start filming more stuff. We've got a YouTube channel. You know, plug the YouTube channel. New podcast. Yeah, why not? On YouTube. Have you guys subscribed to our YouTube channel? Guys, have There's, a YouTube channel? There's more than just um, our distiller episode now. There's um, yep, I've got the uh, the episode of Cannon Fodder and Ultimate Ending Brewing last week. I've got a couple of just straight up ready set review episodes For up those there. Who know, Ultimate Ending is a brewery in Aberdeen, Matawan, that used to be a movie theater, and the movie theater was like an independent movie theater at four screens. I was there all the time, but unfortunately, because of reasons, it shut down. But this brewery bought it. And they kept one of the screens to do screenings, but they have a they have a tasting room it's and a it's brewery yeah, and it's yeah. like super bougie. And the food is phenomenal, the beer yeah. is incredible. I, I will never forget when that when that movie theater went out of business in twenty nineteen, I was like I was very sad about it. And then I heard it that was somebody before, it was before pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't a COVID bankruptcy, it was just they were they were there forever. Yeah. Um and I was like so upset when I heard that somebody bought it. And they were turning into a restaurant or into a brewery. I was like, "Yeah, like I love having a new brewery, like, but goddamn it, keep the movies theater." I mean, like, you in, know, the, in the two but, years that Anthony and I lived in the Dankness, I think yeah. you and him and I saw like five movies. So many movies, yeah. yeah. But but seeing what what alternate ending turned it into, I was like, okay, yeah. this is perfect because, like you said, it kept the movie screen and the whole place is it's all built around movies, though, even the beer. The beer that they brew, it's all built around food. It's absolutely incredible. So I couldn't be happier. Dos churros, please. 
We're not bringing any home for... No, Jackie doesn't want any tonight. Oh, wait, oh, but Leslie does, apparently. Yeah. They got two, yeah, two takeout orders to take care of. Chris <laughs> fits right in. Exactly. <laughs> His wife's in the wife. You got to bring home a takeout take order to the wife. <laughs> Like, are you going to Tuesday? Yo, that's the way the cookie crumbles on these parts. Did we only have one round of cookies? So yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did only have one round. I'm, I'm okay with. I'm okay with one. Glad now tonight. She's. I know, right? She's being lazy. You know what? Because she complains she didn't get home too late. No, I got it. I'm not sure if I would want to eat tacos at 10 o'clock, like, you know, either. I would. I would always yeah. like, 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 in the winter when we were coming here earlier, it was easier. But, like, now it's like, you know, we were just, like, hanging out at the distillery for, like, much longer than we normally do before we were here. It's all great. But, yeah, like, so. He texted me a picture. I got Taco Bell tonight. I'm going to have one more La Puma. Bill's going to have one more. So two more I'm set. I still got mangoes and bombas. I got, so two more. I got 17 drinks in here. And the... And the... Uh, yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Is it degeneratively that, like, even at a restaurant, not just a bar, like, you can close this out. Like, you can close down the tab. It's like, or you can bring a jacket. You know, it's yeah. It's proper, I guess, but... <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whatever you feel like doing, I'm, I'm, I'm down. So, what do you guys want? Just tell me. Tell me. <laughs> I mean, I never have any complaints, like, so. No. I've never paid attention to any complaints. <laughs> so, I think Dr. Day is uh, working on a, a movie review podcast. <laughs> I mean, occasionally the movie will strike me, right? <laughs> Dude, I, I just like I said, I just want to I want to be as high as you are watching so, that movie. Just because I've been I've been in that situation where like you're just like turbo high in a movie, turn the movie. You're well, like, like the reality is wow. Like, I got 20 minutes in the movie and I realized like what I had on my hands. I was gonna ask you when you realized. So, like, <laughs> like the whole premise of the movie, they really gave you the first 20 minutes. It's really actually like in the, in the sense of like telling a story, they did a great job in terms of like density of information they give you and like pacing like it was all pretty good um and like i was like wow like he can only see two minutes in the future but it's only his own future and he's like he's not really using framing but like there was one time he could see in the future and it was about this girl and like and all of a sudden julian moore who like totally knows that clairvoyant people exist (laughs) she's like oh this this is the guy and like she She's like hunting him down. Like, if she knows that clairvoyance exists, like she must have other clairvoyants that are doing things for her. <clears throat> like, and she goes after him. Like, it's the only clairvoyant like she has access to. And that part is weird. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you on weird ass I'm high movies because this movie and I'm forgetting the name of it. Give me a second, just to. All right, got it. So this movie is I had a very similar experience watching this movie. I sort of knew what I was getting into because a friend had mentioned it to me and I had actually drafted it in our Rotten Tomatoes Fantasy League because it seemed like a fucking highbrow type of movie that critics would love. And Matthew McConaughey oh, was... Yeah, and Anne Hathaway read it. And I was oh. like, all right, it's, like, it's fucking like critic fate. Yeah. The movie is called Serenity. Oh. And 
Yeah. yeah. I had not gotten a chance to actually see it when it first came out. My one friend was like, like his, he, he was like, dude, like, you have to watch me. Like, my mind was completely blown away, but not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck, anyway. So I got, I got super fucking high. I turned this movie on. So the movie starts out, the first, so it's like a 90 minute movie. The first, like, half ish, half plus of the movie seems relatively normal and straightforward. It's about Matthew McConaughey's character. He owns, like, this fishing boat in some fucking podunk town. He's got an ex-wife who's Anne Hathaway. They have a kid together. There's like a custody thing, and you know, you know, the kid is kind of like you know, it's all around that. And she's got a new husband, and he's really rich. And there's sexual tension. It's all very like it's not formulaic. It's all shit you've seen before. But it's being directed in a really cool way. And they're hinting at this like weird thing throughout the whole. You don't really know what it is. Fast forward to a little bit more than halfway through the movie. And just at the most out of left field thing I've ever seen, you find out that the movie you're watching, the reality that you're watching, is actually a computer generated simulation of the son, Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway's son. He's like, they're like NPCs in this simulation. Bro, <laughs> the I'm already terrified. Bro, the whole, and it just takes off from there. The whole fucking, the, the first half of the movie is like normal, highbrow, Oscar-based cinematography movie. And then all of a sudden you're in fucking a Tron, but like Redneck Tron. Dude, I, my brain almost melted inside of my skull. I was like, yo, I was like, I should not be high watching this movie because it just fucking went so far down the other direction. <laughs> yeah, good point. Okay, yeah, fair so, point. That's like one of the real life situations I was watching a documentary on Scientology. Oh boy! Oh baby! I'm watching it. It's like first level, cool, cool, cool. All like love, be good, be good, all cool, all that. Second level, whatever, cool, cool, cool. Aliens, you get down deep into it, and like, blam, aliens. Everyone's like, wait, like I'm fucking fully invested in this. Right. Like now you're dropping some alien shit. It's like those memes, memes, like the History Channel memes. It's like, it's like History Channel before 9 p.m. And it's like normal history shit. I saw one today. It said, it said history channel after 9 p.m. And it was the pyramids in Egypt. And there underneath the pyramids in Egypt was a giant female body. And the pyramids were her tits. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, that's so good. There's that Greek guy on the history channel always. Constantine something. Yeah, dude, the shit. Giant hair, like Jimmy Neutron style hair. He's always like. Yo, turn your headlights stuff. on. Turn your headlights on up. Sucks for you. Maybe it's initiation thing, bro. Right? She's. Okay. She was like a 22 year old, like Stephanie. Like. 22 year old. Are you talking about the old urban legend where if you drove around with your headlights on. Yeah, it's yeah. gang yeah. initiation yeah. shit. It's only on Halloween. It's only on Halloween. It's only so there's a specific day that Bro, I've never gotten initiated into a gang. <laughs> I've driven without my headlights on. Unfortunately. Charles are here. here. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Bob. More times on the So I don't believe that. <laughs> well, you gotta believe it on the other end. You gotta flash someone with their lights off and you see what happens. <laughs> you gotta see it from the other end. Oh, God, they're hot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm I like grabbed not- it. I'm, I'm terrible. Stuck. 
Like it's hot, but it's like well, not burning. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not burning. Yeah. It's not like measured in Kelvin, but it's hot. If I flash this, I said somebody, do I have to jump them into the game? <laughs> no. No, I follow you and tell you. We're great. We're okay. You're basically saying that it's on. Allie, I hate to be an asshole. But I can't watch these two guys drink another drink without me having one, so yeah. I would like a second, please. Thank you. I got ice cold. I'm still drinking. Still drinking. I'm on someone's borrowed bike thing, rolling around. <laughs> I'm not paying for two Jupiter bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say thank you, everybody, for indulging me in my wild movie experience but as we are here at dessert time I think it's uh it's time to, to uh, say thanks for, for listening that's right my name's Dr. Dave I'm Bill I'm Matt Campbell we'll see you guys next week <laughs>